we're going to be uh, going through uh, the book of Proverbs today and looking at family life. Looking at family life. We're going through the game of life and going through the book of Proverbs. To, we've looked at friends. We've looked at social life. We've looked at work life. Today we're going to be looking at family life. And uh, we're going to find out that it's, it costs more than just three easy payments of 1995. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, we're primarily today going to be looking at parenting. How many of y'all have children? How many of y'all have children and want to get rid of them? Been there. All right, wonderful. Very good. Uh, we're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs and what it means to parent. Uh, be a godly parent. Um, if you would, if you, have, if you brought your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. And if you didn't bring your Bibles, we're going to have it on the screen. But this verse that we're getting ready to open up today has caused a lot of guilt uh, has caused a lot of pain in a lot of people's lives because they think that Proverbs are promises. And we've been talking about over the past three or four weeks that Proverbs are not promises. They're principles. They're not promises. They're principles. Um, that if you do this, 90% of the time, it's going to work out for you. Um, we have described a proverb as being like a bumper sticker, short, sweet, and hard to beat. Proverbs 22.6 says this, Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Now, the reason why this verse makes so many people feel guilty is because many of you who are out there listening, we know people that were godly parents. We know uh, people who were just, just trained their children very, very well. They took them to church. They showed them right from wrong, and it just didn't work out for them. The child, when they turned 18, freaked out, and they went another direction. And, and uh, in some of those, they've not been back, and those kids are 30, 40, 50 years old, and they still not come back. So really, is this verse even true? Is it real? I mean, is it applicable? Is this verse supposed to be in the Scriptures to make us feel all guilty? Well, we're going to open up today by talking about Proverbs, talking about family, and we're going to dissect this verse a little bit. So, um, because I will tell you, by the time we have taken apart the wheels off of this verse and got it under the hood and looked at this stuff, you're going to find, and I'm going to find, that it probably is going to mean something a little bit different than what you and I maybe think it means. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. First, let's look at that word train up. Train a child. Train up a child. The word train in the original language, in the Hebrew, it literally means this. It means, it refers to the palate or the roof of the mouth, the gums. It was used uh, for a midwife who, after she helped the mom give birth, they would take the infant and she would dip her finger into date juice and she would take the date juice and rub the baby's gums or rub the baby's top of the, the roof of the palate so that it would start, the little baby would start sucking and so that the mom could nurse. Um, that's what that word train up means. So literally it could be said this way, to create a thirst in your children for spiritual things. To create a thirst in them for, of God and of the Bible. Create a thirst, cultivate a taste for spiritual things. That's what that word train up. Are you doing that? 
I mean, I would say just that you're here at church on a very nasty day. Is it still icing outside? It was this morning at 7 o'clock in the morning. But um, just being able to be here and bring your kids in such an environment that they can start listening to God's Word. You want to train them up. You want to create a taste for spiritual things. Now it says train up a child in the way he should go. Let's talk about that, the way he should go. Uh, Most people think, well, I'm a parent. Uh, I've been around for 30, 40, 50 years. So um, I know the way that kid should go. Um, You might be surprised to know this, that that verse is really not talking about that. It's not your way that you think he should go, but it's his way. Train up a child in the way he should go. Let me read it from a different translation. This is from the Amplified Bible, and it says this. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and then it gives a parenthesis of what that means. And in keeping with his individual gift or bent, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Literally, this verse can be translated, train up a child according to his way. According to his way. That's all altogether different than your way in your plans and your goals for your child. So many times parents, we have a tendency to say, okay, you know, I didn't get to be a cheerleader, so my child's going to be a cheerleader. Uh, I didn't get uh, to be uh, on the football team, so my child is going to play football. And we try to live our dreams through our children. That's not what this verse is talking about. It's saying this, that you need to find the way your child is. Now, some of your children, i got three. I'm trying to get rid of two of them. But i got three right now. And it's amazing because our older son, he is, he is very different than he's in here. So I mean, he's very different than my middle son. My, my oldest son is very outgoing. Um, he's kind of a clone of me. Um, he's very, uh, very much of a people person. When we had Jed, our middle child, uh, he was very, very different than Walt. And I don't know how that worked, to be honest with you, because it was the same two DNAs working. And it's like God had something to do with it. And, uh, and then we had our, 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 our latest one. Um, um, we call him Mo, any, meeny, miny, and Mo. And uh, Bing is, uh, he's getting ready to be six months old, and very different. I mean, we can just tell he's already different. And that's what it's talking about. Train up your child according to their characteristic, according to their preferences. Because some of your children are shy, some of them are outgoing. Uh, Some of them are very creative and some of them are very logical. Some of them are intelligent and others struggle with school. Whatever case, they're all individuals, they're all created by God. And what this verse is saying is this. Train up, create a thirst in your child and do that in such a way, create that thirst whether they're shy or whether they're outgoing or creative or whether they're boring or whatever, um, be able to do that. Children come from the womb already preset. They already have preferences. Um, some of you who have computers, um, that uh, I have a, a Mac, so my computer's always up. The rest of you who have Windows, uh, yours is probably down because of viruses or things of that nature. Um, but, uh, but on my preferences, I can scroll down to my preferences and uh, I can set my preferences to such a way that can be very personal to my computer. Um, you have preferences on your computer where your children have preferences or characteristics as well. And what this verse is saying is find out what those characteristics are and change the way you teach and train them up according to their preferences. 
Let's read that again. Train up a child in the way he should go and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. In order to be able to know your child and their preferences and their characteristics leads us to our first point. You've got to know them. You've got to be around them. You're not going to know your children if you're never hanging around them. You've got to spend time with them. You've got to know how they communicate love and how they receive love. You've got to know how they respond to discipline and how they don't respond to discipline. Some of you, uh, you know, and I found this again with our kids, some of them will respond very, very well to, um, to spankings. And other ones will, respond, will not respond at all to spankings. I mean, you just, he, he, I mean he's just going to do what he wants to do. So I have to change the way I discipline my children based upon their characteristics. You've got to know your children. Um, next part is this. You've got to be able to train and teach your children about God. You've got to be able to teach your children about God. And in order to be able to do that, I could talk about this, but I thought, you know what? Instead of me talking about this, I want you to hear from our children's minister because she is in the trenches day in and day out teaching your children about God. So she's going to come and she's going to talk about some of the things that we do here at One Church. And this is Ashley Whitecott. Will you all give Ashley a hand? All right. Hello. We are going to continue in teaching, uh, talking about teaching our children about God. And we're going to look at some scripture first. And uh, the first one we're going to look at is Proverbs 23:22, which says, Listen to your father's advice and don't despise a, a mother's experience. See, we're supposed to teach our children and give them advice. Let's look at a different verse in Proverbs if you have your Bible or you can look up on the screen. In Proverbs 1, 8 through 9, this says, Pay close attention, friend, to what your father tells you. Never forget what you learned at your mother's knee. Wear their counsel, counsel like flowers in your hair and like rings on your fingers. So, there's the scripture. How can, you, how can we teach our children about God? Well, there's two ways. One of them is, hopefully you did this morning, is you brought your children to church. And I want to explain just a little bit how we um, teach your children and what we teach here at One Church. Every month, we teach a virtue, a core virtue, to your child from the Bible. And there's actually 36 months worth of virtues that we go through. Um, there's things like discipline and faith, honesty and friendship. And for the month of March, which is coming up, we're going to be talking about courage. And we're going to be looking at Esther and how she had courage to stand on what she believed in. And the second way that you can teach your children about God is to talk to your children about God. Think about this. We at One Church have your kids just for one hour a week. And yes, we, we try to jam-pack that hour of uh, fun and God's truth and to spend as much time as we can with them. But in the end, it's still just one hour. Um, you, although, are with your children over 130 hours a week. Um, weeknights, mornings, mealtimes, weekends. You have more of a p potential to impact your children than we will ever have because you have more quantity of time and more quality time to spend with them. That is why Mo Moses gave us detailed instructions. We're going to look at Deuteronomy. He helped us to... Uh, to help, he gave us detailed instructions to help parents know how to pass their faith and values along to their children. And he said in Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, These commandments that I give you, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. 
Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. So what are, what are we supposed to do with these commandments? And it talked about those commandments right before that verse. Anybody? Impress them. Good. <laughs> I'm in children's age. You have to respond. All right. <laughs> these are not rhetorical questions. <laughs> you impress them. So, so what do we do when we impress something? You impress something. What are you doing to it? Over and over. You, you are getting an imprint of that. And I'm going to ask Autumn, if you'll come on up, hon, I'm going to have Autumn just kind of give us what this is in a visual looking like. Come on up. This is Autumn. And Autumn, you just turned how many? Can you give me how many fingers? Three fingers. She just turned three, didn't you? You had a birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. Autumn, I'm going to have you with this Play-Doh, if you will make your hand imprint on here. Can you squish that real hard? Yeah, take that. Squish it. Real hard. Make your hand. Put it in there. In between, like a pancake. Remember? There we go. All right. She's pressing real, real hard. See, Autumn is near, and she she is um, holding this close to her, and she is in her hands. She's placing it. And can you make it one more time for us so we can all see it, and I can hold it up? Real hard. Squeeze it. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Because she is near and on the Play-Doh, she was able to make her handprint on here. And But you know, you can imprint or impress something if you're not close to it, as Chris was talking about earlier. Thank you so much, Autumn. Everybody give Autumn a hand. And that is, that is why, when we were looking at the Scripture, Moses said, he said to leave your imprint and impression by spending time with them. Let's look at the first one there in the verse. It talked about time at home. Do you know the average person spends 170 minutes watching TV a day? Time on the road is the second thing it mentioned in that verse, Deuteronomy. The average person spends 101 minutes in the car per day. And the third one there it talked about is time when they're going home. The average person spends one-third of their life asleep. And the final one there is time when they get up in the morning. That is why we here at One Church, we're going to do something different, and I want to tell you about that. Our goal in the children's ministry isn't just to have um, a fun environment for your kids or a daycare on Sunday, but it is to equip you as parents to be the spiritual leaders of your children. And one of those ways that we're going to accomplish this is through, uh, it's called the Family Times Virtue Pack. And we are going to, I'm going to show you a little bit more in detail about what these packs consist of. These packs are, go along exactly with that scripture we talked about in Deuteronomy. This is the layout for it, actually. Um, it provides you as parents tools and activities that you can do once a week with your uh, child for these four different family times. At meal time, at drive time, bedtime, and in the morning time. The virtue packs are designed to give you simple ways that you can um, help your child to grow in faith and character. And guess what? They don't involve any preparation. So let me tell you a little bit about the mealtime cards. Let me open it up here. And in the mealtime cards, this gives you an opportunity at mealtime, of course, to have a focused discussion with your child about how the virtue applies to their life. Because remember, we're teaching them on Sunday about the virtue, and you can help them throughout the week to um, further that learning. You just choose one mealtime a week, and you spend this time talking with your child about that virtue. 
just a five-minute conversation one time a week can establish this virtue for your whole family even. Drive time, going back to the Deuteronomy verse, it talked about when you walk along the, alongside, excuse me, along the road. So when you open it up here, it has a CD here. So as you're driving along, it has on the CD, it has learning tools as you travel along with your child. The CD not only contains the virtue song that they're hearing here at church, it also has a program called Kids Jam, Kids, Kids Jam and that, that is a fictional story that applies to the virtue of the month. And also on here, just for you parents, it has a section called Parenting Matters, which is really cool because it has a section, this special section is just for moms and dads that will give you practical advice about parenting. Just taking a few moments in the car can help you be a friend to your child as you work side-by-side to interpret life. Let's go back to the bedtime here. These are the bedtime um, cards. They have not only the Bible story, they have the related Bible reading. They have key questions and fun facts here on the back as well. You just choose one bedtime per week to read these bedtime cards with your child. This is your chance to have an intimate conversation and spend quality time with your child. Just spending a few minutes with your child at bedtime to to draw them closer, um, draw you both closer together, and to build your role as counselor in their life. And finally is the morning time, when you get up. They have these um, encouragement cards in here, and these are just things that you can personalize and give to your child. You can put them in their lunches or their book bags, and it doesn't just take but a minute to write a note that will leave a lasting impact in their life, and that's something that they will remember, you um, telling them um, how you feel about them. I want to let you know that um, these are actually designed for the K-5 through fifth grade curriculum, but the preschoolers can benefit from these as well. They get a little bit different teaching on Sunday, but they can definitely benefit. So if you're teaching your whole family and you have grade school and preschoolers. If you would like more information about the Family Times Virtue Pack, um, we, I'm supposed to have the website. We're going to get that up there. There it is. If you want to write this down this morning, the website is familytimes.org. But starting next week, March the 2nd, we will have these available for you to purchase slash donate. Um, uh, for you to have these. Pray about that this week. And pray about this to be making this investment for you, your children, and your whole family. Where's the Play-Doh? Do I get to play with that? I do. I'll just, I'll just do it. Thank you very, very much. Let's give her a hand. Thank you very much. Uh, how much do those cost, actually? $10 so for the whole month. So uh, what's so cool is if you have multiple kids like I do, um, it's like 3 bucks a kid or $3.33 a kid. Anyway, all right. So um, you must know your kids. You've got to teach your kids. And then lastly, you also have to discipline your kids. Now, nobody likes this one. I'm gonna be, kids definitely don't like this one. But I'll be honest with you, I'm a parent, and I don't like this one. So many times when you talk about discipline and stuff like that, um, we have usually not very good memories because we all know people over experienced discipline um, that maybe wasn't very good. Um, You know, anything can be taken to an extreme, anything. And uh, how many of y'all ever gotten a speeding ticket or gotten any type of ticket in your vehicle, okay? So you've taken something to an extreme, so you shouldn't drive anymore, right? No, that's not how it works. 
you maybe have messed up, but you learn from your mistakes and you go on. That's how discipline is. Um, I know this is, again, very difficult to talk about because um, some of you may have been in abuse situations, and that's not what we're talking about. Discipline and spanking is different than beatings and abuse, and that's not what we're talking about here. Dr. Dr. James Dobson says this in his uh, book, um, uh, Dare to Discipline. The parent has got to convince himself that discipline is not something that he does to the child, but something he does for the child. His attitude toward the child must be, I love you too much to let you behave like that. Proverbs says it this way, and by the way, there's about 30 to 40 Proverbs that talks about disciplining kids. We don't have enough time here today to go through every verse in Proverbs that talks about discipline. Um, We're just going to go through about 5 to 10 of them. Uh, Proverbs 19.18 says this, Discipline your son in his early years while there is still hope. If you don't, what will happen? You will ruin his life. So what happens if you don't discipline your kids? You ruin their lives. Well, how can you say that? Well, hear me. Discipline, you you discipline your kids when they're younger. When they're older, because you've disciplined them, they've learned self-discipline. So many times, and you've seen the results of this of teenagers and young people today, that have no self-discipline. The reason why they have no self-discipline is many times they weren't disciplined at home. Proverbs 13.24 says this, If you refuse to discipline your son, it proves that what? Ouch. You know, so many times we have this mindset, well, I love love him too much. I, I, I love him so much I can't do, I can't discipline him. That's not what Proverbs says. It proves that you don't love him. For if you love him, you will be prompt to punish him. Now notice it says prompt. We're going to talk about some, some principles we find in the book of Proverbs when it comes to discipline. Look at the next verse in Proverbs 23, 13, and 14. Don't fail to correct your children. Children, Discipline won't hurt them. <laughs> this next verse is crazy. They won't die if you use a stick on them. <laughs> Punishment will keep them out of hell. I got to be honest with you. I don't know. Uh, my mom. I don't. Yeah, she's here. I got to be careful. She. I remember there was a tree in the front yard that she would grab a switch off of, and you know it's the green kind. You know what I mean? And, and she, oh, I remember she'd get my leg. She, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody else? Parents did that. I, I'm telling you, when I I lived in the principal's office when I was at school, and that's when they paddled. All right. And uh, I mean, I remember getting a paddling at East Montgomery and coming home, and my mom spanking me because I had the principal had to spank me. And then when my dad got home, my dad spanking me because my mom spanked me because the principal spanked me. It was kind of a community thing. Um, but look how well I turned out. Anyway, hear me. Discipline is so huge. Uh, so many of us we say, well, you know, we shouldn't do that because. Maybe we just we don't think it's right, or maybe you've had bad experiences, and I can understand that. So we're going to finish the rest of the uh, day by looking at principles, and we're going to have to fly through these biblical principles for discipline. When you discipline, first you got to be consistent. You got to be consistent. If you're inconsistent and you spank them for one time and you don't for the other, they don't know what's going on. 
James chapter 5 says this, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That way your language can't be used against you. You gotta, you gotta be consistent in discipline. Second is this, you set a rule and you follow through. You gotta have clear expectations. The Bible clearly says, hey, don't do this. How many Ten Commandments are there? That's good. All right. There's Ten Commandments, right? He didn't say, you know what, there's just some commandments in there and you just, you know. No, he said there's ten. Boom, 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 boom. He clearly held out expectations. He set expectations and follow through. He had clear expectations. So the next one is this, respond and not react. When you discipline, respond. Now, this is a hard one. This is so hard. <clears throat> because so many times we as parents, when the, uh, when, the, when the kid doesn't do the things that we want them to do, we have a tendency to react. What's the difference? Well, reaction is a natural impulse. If somebody punched you in the face, what would you do? That's right. Absolutely. That's a reaction. All right? But what did Jesus say? When somebody strikes your cheek... Turn the other. That's a response. All right? So respond, not react. See, reaction, you don't think. You just go off. Response, you stop, and you think about what you're going to do, and then you respond. And that leads us to our next one. Always discipline out of compassion and love, never out of anger. This is huge. All right, when, when, when your child messes up, when you discipline them, discipline is not meant for you to get your anger out. All right? Discipline is meant for the child, not for you. So if you have an anger issue, all right, once your child do, does the issue, all right, you tell them, no, that was wrong, and in a few minutes, you're going to be punished for that. I'm, you're going to get a spanking. And let me, this is not in my notes, but I would encourage you, um, use, a, use something besides your hand. Um, Dobson says a lot about this, but, um, you know, you want your hand and yourself to be known for love. Um, I tell you what we do. Uh, you, you might want to use a, a little, you know, that little thing that you have the ball that doom, 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 you know, something like that, uh, or a spoon, or um, or whatever. Um, but I would encourage you don't, you know, if you use your hand, that's fine. I mean, that may be your prerogative. Um, but I would just encourage you uh, do something and and never. This is not my notes either, but always on the bottom. Um, the Lord has given us extra padding there for a reason. And some of us have more extra padding than others. All right, we'll leave it at that. Uh, you never, ever do use your fist. Uh, if you want to use your fist on somebody, you're welcome to come and talk to me about that. And, uh, but you, that's abuse, and that's beatings, and that's not what Proverbs talks about. Um, Proverbs says you're to discipline your children in healthy ways, so you never do it out of anger. And then lastly, you always hug. You always hug. You always hug after punishment. You know, I, I, we're not going to have enough time to look at it, but there's a clip from It's a Wonderful Life. Y'all have seen that movie. You remember when Jimmy Stewart comes in and he's lost the money, uh, and um, he's just, he's so angry, and he takes it out on his kids, and he takes it out on uh, Mary. Takes it out on Mary. And, uh, and I mean, he, he just has a little temper tantrum. And uh, hear me. Some of you, I know all of us, some of us struggle with anger. Make sure never, ever discipline out of anger, but only out of love. If you need to count to 100 or whatever you need to do that, you always want to respond, never, ever react. 
there's such great principles we find in the book of Proverbs um, about, uh, about anger. Listen to this. It says, uh, Proverbs 14:29. Those that control their anger have great understanding. Those with a hasty temper will make mistakes. We've all made mistakes. Look at um, Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Don't be quick to fly off the handle. Anger boomerangs. Anger is the friend of who? If you have a problem with your anger, Proverbs has a word for you, and it's called a fool. Ecclesiastes has that same word. Ephesians 4.26. Don't let, don't sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Those are so important. I'd encourage you, the Bible is chock full of wisdom when it comes to how to discipline and how to parent, how to teach, and how to know your children. Um, as you know, we have these uh, Proverbs, uh, the, the message Proverbs that we're giving away out in the foyer. So if you don't have one of those, if you would like to have one, stop by Guest Central and you're welcome to pick up one. It's free. It's complimentary to you. Uh, I would encourage you, today is the 20 what? 24th, right? So you need to read Proverbs chapter 24. How many of y'all are still doing the Proverbs challenge? Wonderful. Fantastic. I'm telling you, if you stopped... Maybe you had a rough week. I was talking to a good friend out by the donut table. He just had a rough week. It's been a blur. Right? If you had a rough week, that's fine. Just start where you left off. It's okay. Start on, on chapter 24. Are you all liking Proverbs? I'm having a great time at it. Wonderful.